What's up, y'all? Yash here. Have you been looking for a boost without the crash? Introducing Boost Caffeine Free, our natural formula includes ingredients like green tea to give you the energy to power throughout your entire day. The best part? It's caffeine free, so you can enjoy it any time of the day without disrupting your sleep. Say goodbye to jitters and crashes, and hello sustained energy with Boost Caffeine Free. Available now at mswnutrition.com. Use code HDYHBOOST to get 10% off. All right, guys, well, welcome to the How Do You Health podcast. I'm really excited today to be uh, speaking with Emily Jansen. We have, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a lot of different uh, subjects because just from the little things that we talked about earlier today, I'm really excited about going talking about journeys from going from corporate to being an entrepreneur to not being an entrepreneur to all the different things but and all the ways that it affects our body budgets and of course we got nurse doza here and i'm tex-mex yogi but before we get into it emily when you want to give the listeners and viewers i guess uh a little brief introduction to who you are and sure, what you do thanks for having me yeah, of course. Uh, for those listening i'm emily jansen i am an east coast girl moved to nice. austin in the pandemic thought i was coming here for three months ended up staying the rest is history i am an author i'm a triathlete I'm a marketing professional. I'm anti-Emmy to many children in my life. Uh, I suppose I'm a world traveler because I can't seem to sit still. And I love to cook. Um, and right now I'm the owner of my business, the Emily Jacob Agency, which began in June. So thanks thanks again for having me. Yeah, and you uh, you have a book. I have a book. You have a book. That's amazing. A wild dream. I gave birth to a book this year. Yeah, I went to your. That's how I met you. Well, that's how I first met you. I know that we're, we have a really good friend, mutual friend, in Lauren, Lauren Brown, and uh, it was a great book launch. It was a great little party, and you gave an, an amazing speech, and your dad too. Aww. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, tell us about the book and how that I'm came. I'm so to glad be. you were there. It was so fun. There were yeah. so many people there that day, and I felt like I couldn't say hi to everyone um, because. I just had so much ADD energy going through the room. But anyway, um, the book. So the book is called A Wilder Eden, How to Keep Dreaming in a World of Disappointments. And for those listening, the, the concept of Eden kind of goes back to the Garden of Eden, right? It's this perfect place. It's this paradise. Everything's in harmony. Everything's peaceful. Um, you know, nothing is broken. And, and then, you know, we realize like we don't really live in the Garden of Eden. We live <clears throat> in a world that is broken, that does have disappointments, that throws us surprises and sort of <clears throat> curveballs, and we don't always know what to do. And I think the concept of how to keep dreaming in a world of disappointments came just from watching so many people walk through really hard things, not just through the pandemic, but previous to that, divorce, infertility, infidelity, Losing a business, losing a child, um, singleness, not being able to buy a house. Uh, we all know that that's a challenge right now. Um, watching the market crash, right? There, there's all these things in our lives that are both controllable and not controllable and things done to us and things that happen to us. And, and then what is our role in dreaming and continuing to own our story and co-create in our story without getting stuck and without becoming a victim of what's going on? 
Beautiful. Wonderful. And you, we briefly <coughs> spoke before this about your journey in the last couple of years of how this even came to be. And really, this was like in the last year of your life that has changed so much to where now it's put you in this position now to where I guess you're almost following what you're, what you're writing about now. Is that true? Yeah, I have a friend who said to me, you do realize that the universe gave you your Wilder Eden while yeah. your book was being launched. And I said, dang it, yeah. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think to really set the stage for what has happened and transpired this year, you have to go back to New Year's Eve. So every New Year's Eve, I set my intentions for the year. I usually pick a word that I feel like will be my word for the year and my word was abundance and I really set that mindset because I wanted to buy a house at the time I was excited about a potential promotion I really wanted to own my financial um, track if you will and and just really set this word over my heart and my life and kind of moved into the new year and drove back from Austin woke up on Monday morning first Monday back in the saddle from the Christmas break and my boss called me and said I'm so sorry but you know this reorg has been happening and your current department no longer needs you and I don't really have a role for you with my department because I had been floating back and forth between a couple departments as sort of a ninja if you will of, of what we were doing <laughs> and I stood on Town Lake on a walk and I, I really I didn't know what to do I didn't know whether to laugh or to cry how does abundance equal job loss and I just really felt in that moment something is happening that is outside of my control and I need to pay attention because whatever has just happened, it just felt, it was the first time in my life where I really felt sort of this opportunity to step outside of my own life and sort of watch my own life playing out in a movie, if you will, and objectively step back and say, I, I need to really pay attention right now. Something is telling me that this is happening for a reason, and I don't know how abundance equals job loss, but I'm I'm going to I'm going to consciously engage in this journey, whatever you know, whatever happens, wherever this leads. That's that's really interesting how that happens. We have a a, a very close experience recently where someone that we know very closely had to be let go of her job as well too, and she let me know that. Uh, I guess the weekend before she had prayed for clarity mm. and that next day or two days within the next three days she got let go she was a contractor so she got let go from like three or four different contracts mm. and but it felt like what she said was that it felt purposeful mm. right like there's like there's a re like you just said like there's a reason that this happened because it's almost like it didn't come as like oh an accident mm. or like it didn't feel like danger it felt more like, and then it's funny to see what's go, what's going happening in her life now. Like, it, it, she's a comedian. She's like blowing up, and it's and it's like within a month now. Like, and her Instagram account is like blowing up. Like things mm -hmm. are just working, and it's just like whoa. Like, it's almost like it opened up an opportunity that was being closed off before. I love that that happened to her because it really teaches you that abundance is not defined by a certain revenue stream or shall we say channel of money or channel of provision, right? I mean, we tie abundance to money so often, but that's actually not 
what abundance really means. I mean, abundance is a mindset. Abundance is within your spirit. Abundance is how you view your relationships and the richness and wealth of relationships. Abundance is time, right? Why do we define abundance by what's in the bank account? Although that is important. <laughs> it's very important. But in the last couple of years, it, your relationship with money has changed regardless of you know what it was before 2020. Um, you either have more of it now or you have less of it, which is kind of interesting. But you know, you kind of look at the priorities of what you're doing with that money, hopefully, and saying, what am I putting it towards? Mm. Your values that you have in life, like you said, time is probably one of the most important things to most people. And to have an abundance of time to me is wealth, right? Because then I can say I can choose what to do with that time. I can choose how to invest that time and mm-hmm. who to spend it with. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you look at it from that perspective, an abundance of time is an abundance of riches, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, we have an opportunity to to do things in life where we might be able to accomplish, you know, everyday goals, Long term down the road, if we have these big audacious goals sometimes, I think they can be too daunting. A lot of people will say, you know, I I don't want to try that sometimes because it just it's not going to get me to where I want it to be. Right. And for people who are down, like sometimes they're hitting rock bottom. I always I actually think that's probably the most important part of the journey, mm. honestly, because it's and I say most important. Like when you lost your job, for example, it was so shattering, so rock, you know, well, I guess so, so changing, right? So, so bending of all your beliefs and everything of you're saying like, oh my gosh, like I thought this and I thought this and I'm like, okay, now what? You were forced to make a decision just like, you know, the person we know too and say, all right, now what do we got to do? And you had to kind of let go, mm-hmm. which is hard for most people to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Talk about that. Like, what was it like to say now I'm going this direction? Well, it's interesting that you say that because I I don't feel the the only decision that I really had to make when I lost my job was I was given the opportunity to stay and look for another department, look for another role within the company, really large, multi multifaceted company with many departments and teams. And I looked around, looked around, but instinctively I knew I was going to leave because something awakened in me that said this is again this is happening for a reason I why would I stay why would I fall into shall we say a mini safety net when you know deep down I know like corporate America is not a safety net all the time um and so over those 30 days in January of having the choice do I stay or do I go um intuitively I just kind of knew I was going to leave and of course when you walk through the death of a dream there is sort of this they say the stages of grief right you're you know in denial and then maybe you're angry and then maybe you're really sad and you finally actually lament and grieve what's been lost and I think for me it was all of those things it was you know them them telling me oh this is not personal this is just business but it is personal because it's your life. So, of course, I was going through all those emotions of how am I going to come up with the money? How long is the salary continuation going to last? How do I launch a book when I don't have a job? Um, <clears throat> and then just deciding consciously that I was going to take at least 60 days 
to not make any decisions because as you're applying for jobs and just sort of rapid fire getting your resume out there, I think you can kind of go into self-protection survival mode really quickly where you're consciously operating in this mindset of like, I need a job right now. I need to find a job as soon as possible. I'm in an interview and I had dozens of interviews. You know, I'm going through the motions. I'm like interviewing left and right, getting into final rounds, a couple runners up, a couple job offers. And around, I would say March, I was preparing for the book launch and I had a job offer on the table and I just, I just knew that God wasn't done with me yet. That there was this moment of like, no, I don't think I'm, I don't think it's time yet. And that's really hard. It's really hard to listen quietly to what your inner voice is telling you (laughs) because we're so busy. We're so busy. We're so loud. We have a lot of moving parts. We fill our day. We fill our time. And it's so easy to not listen to that inner voice. And so for me, it was, it was, I would say almost a journey of self-control, of, of self-discipline to really sit with myself and acknowledge that I needed to process a lot of things about the mindset I had built around success in corporate America, around promotions in corporate America, around reputation, affirmation, you know, what success meant, how much money success meant. I, I was really tied into this idea that I needed to make X amount to, to approve myself. Yeah. And it's really humbling when you realize like, oh, that's actually not going to satisfy me. And maybe that's not what my ego needs right now. Yeah. In, in that moment where you were having to make a decision of like, should I just take this job or not? Did it feel like it, you might be like you were you're already on this journey on this path? Did it feel like you were going to leave this new path if you took this job? It's an interesting question because I would say I was af- I wasn't afraid of ta- I wasn't afraid of taking the job knowing that I could you know drop it at any point sure. but I was afraid that I was going to miss out on what else the next six months had for me and sure. I knew if yeah. I took that job. I would quote feel safer, but I wouldn't necessarily be thriving. Yeah, and I asked that because sometimes I think that, well, in the becoming the new you, like there's opportunities to go to back to what we were so comfortable with, right? Because that's part of the growth as well, right? Like the growth of like, oh no, I s- now I say no to these things. Right? Like we've done that before where it's like, we used to say yes to every opportunity because we freaking just needed every opportunity. And all of a sudden we're just like, we cannot say yes to all these opportunities anymore. Cause like, it's so draining. Like it doesn't like whether it makes a difference or not, it, it doesn't really matter because like if we put more effort to this thing that we're doing and continue doing that, then we'll continue to go this way. And this is what we really want. Well, well, that's what I asked earlier about was, you know, and you brought it up again, this path that's created the path you felt that you were being taken on. I just, you know, asked before, I was like, you know, do you just felt you had to kind of go with it? Well, a lot of times you do in life, you know, there's not a lot of times for you to say, Oh my gosh, I have to sit still for a minute. You know, I got to keep going, you know, 
But I wanted to get back to that idea. You keep talking about this inner voice, right? There's probably times that you were, you know, probably not wanting to get up and doing stuff, right? Like, I mean, there's that point, like we talked about with Rock Bottom, like, I mean, how do you pick yourself up? What were the inner voices telling you? Was was the inner voice, like, trying to motivate you or was it not? Uh, it was both, right? Both the both and. Yeah. Both the inner critic, you've, you've failed. Um, you know, you're not good enough. You're not going to find another great job. Um, you know, corporate America didn't want you, right? There's all of these voices in your head that are telling you the negatives, and you don't want to get up. And of course, I've struggled with a little bit of depression. I think the other thing I've struggled with in the past is comparison. So you're, you're, you know, in your house, you don't have a job, everyone's going off to work. I had multiple friends who, for whatever reason, had all gotten new jobs over the course of, you know, March, April, May, June. And you're just thinking, what's wrong with me? Why me? And why is it so easy for everyone else to get a new job and not me? Right. And so you can play the, the blame, not the blame game, but the comparison game. And then there's the other part of my inner critic or inner voice that was like, huh, I'm really curious. Right. My therapist said at the time, I want you to get really curious. I want you to be curious about who you are. You know, in my book, I say, what makes your soul sing? What makes your soul sing? What makes you feel like a kid on Christmas morning? What makes you feel most connected to who you are and who, you know, from my perspective, who God has created you to be. There's something in each of us that is very just unique and creative. And there's that inner child in us that wants to play in the sandbox and get creative, right? So you have to sort of go back to that and say, you know, what moments of my life do I remember where I felt the most empowered and connected to who I really am? And therefore, like, what, what are those moments in your life where you just know that you know that you know that you felt so empowered and happy in that moment, you know? Well, well what have they been for you? There's been a few. I remember standing in India in 2018 um, speaking to a group of girls in a uh, basically an electrical engineering course. I worked for Samsung at the time, and I was speaking to the girls about their their lives and education and dreams and and you know it's funny because I just got back from Kenya, very similar experience except with girls from East Africa, doing dreams workshops for these girls, and in those moments I'm a teacher, I'm someone who is there to help inspire and encourage these girls to believe that their dream matters. And so I feel very connected to that. I feel very connected to my body athletically when I'm doing triathlons. Um, I love public speaking. I very much feel alive in myself when I'm up on a stage speaking to people. And it's not from an egotistical perspective about, you know, oh, I'm commanding an audience and I'm the center of stage, but it's about relating to people and bringing people together to sort of harmonize in a in a in a moment of thought, maybe like the book launch party. Yeah, yeah. Well, what you're explaining to me, I've explained I think to you before, and because people ask the question about like uh, like what's the purpose, what's your purpose in hmm. life, and like those type of questions, and 
I don't. I, I, I get so disconnected from from mm. from that. Like the idea that like purpose seems like should like what you, what should mm. I do? Like that that's what it feels like to me. Like that question, and I don't connect with shoulds. I, j I just don't, and at least not anymore. Or it's been a long mm. time. But I've always said that if there is anything, it would be it would be service, mm. right? Like to to serve mm. others, because it's in that it's in that way that you can multiply our collective energy mm. you know if we're all just one and i'm serving you to be more empowered then i'm really just empowering myself mm. so i'm doing mm -hmm. this that's that's interesting that you say it that way i think that almost defines my new relationship with uh with spirituality uh and god because you know in the last couple of years we've had to like you know really go out of our way to help people get healthier than they were before the pandemic right so a lot of times it was trying to get like to their psyche and everything and mm. it's i don't know it, it's looking at how you get people to kind of move the needle you know i love how we're talking about it like you talked about the empowerment you know getting them to get happiness right to feel empowered is like one of the most important things that you could probably do for an individual mm. to make them kind of make that change that mindset mm -hmm. deal and it's fascinating, like, it's not as simple as giving them something, right? Like, it's almost like you yeah. have to have them experience, right? Mm. Like, if you could have everyone experience that journey just for a brief moment, like despair, uh, broken heart, like, mm. you know, disappointment. Like, imagine someone failed and you say, hey, I want you to just experience for just this one second. Would it be important to know that feeling over and over again? Mm. I think it would be, Right. And a lot of times we tend to look at life and say, all right, well, I want, I want to always help people, right? I want to always maybe do that. That's not something that everyone thinks of all the time. That was just given to us, right? Mm -hmm. So when you quickly yes. remind yourself of it and you say you give this service to people, it's not everyone doing it. Yeah, well, and like I said, like you're serving yourself. and Because if you think about like you you went to Kenya, right? Maybe if you had this job, you wouldn't have gotten the time off exactly. to go do that. Right. And so, and, and these girls never would have had an opportunity to hear from someone about like, cause all they get, I'm, I don't know. I'm just assuming all they ever hear is like, Oh, that's never going to happen. Yeah. Or, or if they even voice it because probably they're at the point they don't even voice mm. what their dreams are. Right. Like hmm. that, I could assume that that's a, that's a situation, but now coming having someone come, it changes everything in service, it changes everything. It makes you happy because it's like, well, it's not even about you anymore. It's like you're seeing how, like, now they're you're opening new windows for yeah. the collective, right? It's think, funny. Yeah. My my therapist says that I have the disease of introspection, <laughs> and I think you know this is this podcast is is about mental health and health in general. But I sometimes I wonder, are we are we exhausted because we don't know what to do with our lives, or are we exhausted because we're just so sick of thinking about ourselves? <laughs> and I wonder, you know, if sometimes we need to almost take a brain break from thinking about ourselves. And I love what you're saying about in service to others, because when you give your life away, you know, you gain it. And but, I think yeah. that in those moments of serving the girls in Kenya, I didn't have time to think about myself. You know, this girl sitting there, Paula, I want to be a neurosurgeon. And she's going on and on about how she wants to be a neurosurgeon. And I'm just crying because I'm thinking, how is she going to do this? She has no money. She has no opportunity. You know, we're just here serving rice and beans to her for lunch today and giving away my book and a dreams box because, you know, we're here to serve. But I remember she, she walked up to me 
several hours later and she goes, Miss Emily, what if my dream doesn't come true? You know, what do you say to that? What do you say to someone who's looking at you, feeling like you're the only lifeline to her opportunities and her dreams? And so I just said to her, you know, Paula, I don't know exactly how your dream is going to come true, but I believe that if you pursue it, it will come true and we will help you. And I said, we, we will help you. I cannot in myself make my dreams come true. Oh, yeah, no. I believe we are intended to dream in community, right? And I talked about this mm-hmm. yesterday on another podcast. What does it really look like to both vocalize your disappointment and your dream? You have to lament. You have to grieve. You have to say, I am so bummed. I'm really angry. I'm really disappointed that X, Y, or Z has not happened or that X, Y, or Z person failed me or why I feel stuck, right? Like we we have to acknowledge what we've lost or what we hope to hold that we still haven't held. And then you invite others into those dreams, right? Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, how am I going to have a massive book launch party? How am I going to launch this book when I don't have a job, right? How do I invite other people to help me? But that requires humility because you have to ask for help. And I, and I think that that's, that's the power of community is people coming along alongside you and saying, you know what? I don't know if this is going to fail or not, but let's try together. Yeah. Let's have fun doing that. (laughs) We started off uh, with nothing. And I mean, like I just showed you around with this place here, we started off in this like broom closet. Yeah. And, and then like we quickly like worked hard to grow that. Right. The way we grew it was like community. We knew everyone, and because we knew everyone, uh, they they basically introduced us to everyone. And the reason we got to know everyone is because we serve the community. We still do this today. This place here that we're sitting in is built solely for serving the community. And Waldo and I talked about it from day one. You know, when you talk about empowering someone, it doesn't. There's many different ways to do it. Like you can give education, right? That's what we talked about before. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one of the most important ways to empower someone is education. And education can come in many different ways. It can be nutrition. It can be learning how to manage your finances and have a relationship with it. It could be sleep, right? Like mm-hmm. breath work, you know, like all these different tools, right? Um I think empowerment. It can be. It can. It can be I was going to say it can be the hugs. One of the coolest things about this place <laughs> is that when people come in, um, they felt welcome, mm-hmm. and they want to hug someone. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. Like as a practitioner, I was taught never to hug your patients. Mm-hmm. Like that's taught in school. Like it's ethically, morally, and in, in unacceptable. And since you have given hugs, do you find that? The, con- the connections. <laughs> well, well, when they told us not to give hugs, we still gave hugs because uh, we knew that people needed it, right? That connection. Right. Like you talk about in that community. Community is connection. Right. It's free help. But, 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 but it's different are. than that. It goes deeper than that. I don't have to go prove research articles to show you that hugs boost your immune system by 30%, but they do. And you have to show someone, like, logically thinking, like, if you're not hugging someone, you know, or touching someone or connecting and conversing with someone face to face after a while, that has to be hard to get through your everyday routine, right? Some people will say, I'm, you know, alone and that's my, you know, nature. 
I get that. But, you know, like for other people, having a support system that they can count on, even when they are saying, hey, I need help with this. Like, I just, who can I talk to about this? It's, it's vital. It's almost like a non-negotiable at this point for most people, right? And your book launch, uh, it's, a, it's a pop-up community, hmm. right? Like, that's how it is, right? Like, when you, you know, say, how is this going to work? You're like, people are like, oh, I can know how to do this. We're going to do this, and we're going to do it here. And then we're right. gonna, Yeah, like, Baldo's always throwing parties for us. Like, we're throwing one this December for our festival. Uh, and, and it's just like, yeah, it's just we know what to do and how to bring people together because – that excitement, that experience, you going and talking in Kenya to those girls, like they're never, there's girls that walk away from it and they're never going to forget it, right? Because they're like, that was so different and, and so exciting. And I think I learned a lot from it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what you're trying to do, leave that imprint. Isn't it interesting yeah. that our culture thrives on teaching us that we are intended to protect ourselves, watch your back, you're the only one that can best stand up for yourself, right? We we have all these ling we have all these phrases and language that really points to self protection, and yet I think so many of the lessons of life, the disappointments of life, the dreams that we have, are not about us. They're not yeah. about us, and I think that that's where I had to recognize this year. You know, to your point about attachment, physical touch, um, hugging, right? Like inviting people to both care for you and for you to care for them. I think it's it's this beautiful exchange because you just sort of realize like it's not about me. You know, it's not about me and and sometimes it is, right? We all have our things we need to do to stay healthy mentally, but um yeah, whether it's a hug, whether it's giving your book away to someone who can't afford it, whether it's going to Kenya, whether it's just bringing your neighbors some leftovers, right? Like inviting people to come into your event in December and promote their new entrepreneurial whatever like that's mm -hmm. it's a it's just a, it's a spirit of abundance going back to abundance and I think so often we think if we self-protect we're going to protect our resources right but actually it may end up producing scarcity right and aloneness there's this beautiful metaphor that my um, one of my executive coaches if you will mentors told me and he's like you know do you really want to be the person like if you're standing and you're holding on to all of your friends right you're all kind of leaning leaning in together if you're all leaning in together you know if anyone falls you're all in it together and there's no one to blame if you're the person that's standing on the outskirts and saying well i'm just going to stand alone i don't need your help don't touch my resources i don't want to you know if you're the person that's standing on the outskirts and something happens you're not dependent on anyone and suddenly you're totally alone and there's really no one there to pick you up yeah <laughs> that's why we <laughs> it was like no one's even going to know that you failed right like that's that's kind of self-sustainability. Well, sometimes. well, <laughs> you got to be prepared for self-sustainability. Yep. Um, you know, I, it's it's funny. You keep saying it's not us. It's 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 not us saying this. It's funny. Like when you talk about serving, uh, you realize that people's projections are uh, essentially your own, mm -hmm. right? 
And if you look at it from another perspective other than your own, a lot of times another connection happens where you're understanding of the individual or the other situation in front of you. To me, growth is understanding. I mean, you have to be able to understand something else besides your own understandings. I mean, it's it's very simple. We teach kids this all the time. You know, why is this kid acting the way this kid is? You know, this other kid might say, and say, well, because they're upset. Oh, you know, and a lot of times we have to remember that we're not always thinking on the same wavelength. Hmm. It's very interesting if you really think about it. People really don't ever tell you their true thoughts, right? So if you wanted to go to the subconscious of everyone, it would probably freak everyone out. But you would just realize how different we really are. And once you get past that, you understand people are not going to agree with you. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That doesn't mean that you can't still hug them. You know, that's what's incredible about it. It's like, I, it's hard to distinguish when people talk about, you know, we have to be so diverse in the way that we see everything. I'm like, yeah, but deep down, like we all have a liver and we have a heart and we have a brain, but we also have this mind and we have this soul. And, you know, for some people, we like, we know what to do exactly with the brain. We still don't think, we we don't really understand it. But with the mind, it's like people who have been here way before us know how to help a person relax way before medicine came along, Hmm. right? Xanax came along. Hmm. It's like, how do you do it? You do breath work, right? And so you're just like, all right, well, whenever you don't have anyone else to rely on, self-sustainability is being comfortable in your own skin and just sitting in it right just sitting in your own breath yeah i want to i want to go back to the genesis of your book like when did that process start was that you were still working at that point yeah that was in 20 around 2017 the end of 2017 early 2018 i i really sketched out the table of contents i had all this content i had produced emails with massive BCCs on it, right? Like I, I would just send out meditations. I call them, you know, spiritual devotionals, whatever you want to call it, right? Like just taking a moment to ponder, to examine self, to meditate and reflect with some prompt questions, right? So I was having, I was building all this content and I had had a lot of content on my blog from when I lived in Kenya when WordPress blogging was a thing. And I just had this moment and I was like, you know, I really, really just want to put this all into a book. And what if I wrote a book? Oh my gosh, what if I did write the book? Like what if it actually got (laughs) picked up or whatever it was? And so I started fleshing it all out. I was in grad school at the time at um, Johns Hopkins downtown in DC. And then in 2018, I moved to Korea with my employer for about six, seven months, and I was very inspired by Korean culture and the mountains and nature there, and so I was writing while I was there, and then I got back and really, I say, stitched together my first manuscript in 2019, Um, had someone come in as a content editor and help whittle it down throughout uh, 2019, early 2020. And then the pandemic hit, so I really had time alone. Um, And so I would, you know, do the content editing, copy editing, worked with an editor, built out my pitch deck, and I started pitching to publishers and to literary agents. And 
throughout 2020, I, I got a lot of great conversations, but I also got a lot of no's, um, a lot of rejections. I still remember meeting with a, a publishing house, and they came back to me and said, um, we'd love to publish your book. Um, it will cost you $60,000. And I remember <laughs> thinking, creative production of, of something that feels like you're, you know, you're birthing this piece of your soul into the world should not cost $60,000. So I quickly said no to that. And then actually I went to a wedding of a dear, dear friend, ran into my brother's former roommate who happened to be working on his book. And he introduced me to um, my now publisher, Tonic Books Publishing. And just sort of fell in love with their model and sort of their very fluid, I, I call it the, the, like the yogi of publishing for, for you know, self-help <laughs> authors because it, it was so fluid and it was so relaxed and like there was so much emphasis placed on what I wanted to say in my book. You know, I think for a lot of authors, they face this moment where they might get a really amazing contract with Penguin or whatever, HarperCollins. And it's really hard because, you know, there's sort of the this, this splitting of expectations and intentions. You don't really always get to pick your book cover. You know, they might want to cut certain chapters out that were really important to you, right? So there's a toss-up. I mean, I didn't have the support that a lot of people have, but um, I was able to to work with a publisher in 2021 and then the book came out in April of 2022. That's awesome. <laughs> We're going through a process of writing a book or mainly you're doing a lot of the science writing over here and it's that, that, always fascinating to me because it's a, I know a lot goes into it. That's amazing. So I'm so excited for you. I think a book's like one of the most important parts of the educational process, right? It's something that doesn't go away. It's in writing. You can always go back to it and it's a reference when you need it. It's a manual. It's a guide. Um, you know, we write about health and wellness. Hmm. And what's fascinating about it is, is that we emphasize mental wellness more than anything else. Other people call it, you know, emotions. Other people call it like vibrational therapy. Hmm. Right? And I'm like, it's a, it's a very interesting way to address how our bodies can respond to stress. And... The stressors that we put on ourselves every day can make or break us. And I, we've seen it time and time again. People can't handle their stress sometimes. And I, I want people to understand that it's like it's inevitable that stress is going to be there. It's constant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we can respond better with tools that give us support to help us get to a growth period. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's kind of what most people are looking for podcasts, books, right? Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter, right? Um, I'm I'm sure right now the types of books that you read are very different than what you probably used to read, right? Probably, right? Yes and no. Yeah, you still have some of the the classics in there as well. But what's fascinating is like in my downtime, I don't necessarily want to turn my brain off, Mm. right? I want to put the focus rather on myself, right? And so I'll do a lot of things for myself. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of things for myself. Mm. Baldo does a lot of things to maintain. I mean, what are you meditating two hours a day still? <laughs> About there. Yeah. Two hours a day. He has kids. But two hours a day. 
right? That's pretty impressive, right? And so people are like, well, I can't meditate for two hours a day. I'm like, meditation doesn't have to be like you're sitting there just oming, you know, with yeah. your legs crossed the whole time. Yeah, what is meditation yeah. like for you? 45 minutes of that is definitely just sitting there. This morning I did that, and I was trying to, like, connect with my root chakra because I haven't, like, felt... I haven't like con- I haven't felt it, and I was like, where? You know, I was just thinking about like, where are you? Where have you been? And I was towards, you know, the, last towards the last like my alarm went went off, like for the forty five minute point alarm went off, and I was like, damn it! I only got like like maybe like two minutes with mm-hmm. it, like being able to communicate with now, it. Wait, wait, hold on yeah. a second. So root chakra for people who don't know would be gr- the grounding connection, yeah. right? The, your 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 tailbone. Yeah, and I think that I've been on this high of like we're creating and doing this and doing that and like I I know that like I've been working for my sacral right like all this creativity is coming like I'm designing this and designing that and and it's been and so I, today I was trying to do like you know just a little connection to all my all my chakras I do that meditation every once in a while and and I just wasn't getting to <laughs> to my root and. I was like, okay, then I'm going to make this today, this meditation, just about my root chakra. And it took me, I guess, 40 minutes or so to even, like, feel that pulse that, like, it's mm-hmm. there. And I was just like, hey, thank you. I, I miss you. I love you. Is basically what I said. Is dreaming meditation? Um, I don't, yeah, I guess, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't dream very often. I get into deep sleeps, you know, you know that. So you, but people will, sl- will dream at a certain point, whether it's. I mean, you can buy, are you saying you bypass that whole stage completely? Usually, you know, the last dream I have was, was all snakes. So what about a trance state? But what about a trance state? Like, like a, like a, like a theta wave. Yeah. Well, I'd rather not have visuals because for me, that's an indication that I am projecting something that I already know. And I prefer to have complete, uh, uh, I prefer to have complete surprise of something that I've never even thought about. Now, for everyone listening, that is all advanced meditation, by the way. <laughs> that is like, what, eight years of you doing this at least and like 8,000 pages of different books teaching you this, right? Yeah. What do you sure. meditate about, Emily? <laughs> so I think it's really interesting. I, I was going to point out, you had said something a little while ago about just the different ways that people sort of, you know, whatever, meditate, understand what their spirit is saying. And I've had to recognize that I'm a very physical person who moves a lot. So sometimes meditation for me actually looks like walking on Town Lake. There is also this um, wonderful thing I do called swimming. (laughs) Um, I actually really enjoy swimming and meditating because for me, I have recognized I'm not good at sitting still. And my mind opens up 25 Google tabs, and it's very hard for me to center myself. So, Baldo, maybe I need a lesson in reaching my my core chakras. But I think as I swim, I meditate because there's a physical sort of duality happening, right? My body's moving. I can kind of get out of my body because it's a repetitive motion that I know my body understands. It's muscle memory. And as I'm in the water... Um, for whatever reason, I can often find myself able to reach deeper states of meditation. Um, there's no AirPods. There's no, right? Like, there's, I can't be distracted. There's no phone. Even when we run or, you know, do a workout class or whatever it is, there's there's really so many distractions. So I've been meditating um, on abundance, actually, 
all year. And I have to give a shout out to Deepak Chopra because it was around the time I lost my job that I somehow stumbled on um, 20 Days of Abundance by um, Chopra, you know, from Deepak. And it's on Spotify, and it's just these short 15, 20-minute meditations on inviting abundance into your life and um, looking for sources of abundance in peculiar areas and maybe the, the surprise spots. Yeah. So I've been meditating on that. I've also been – I wouldn't necessarily call this meditation – I've been reflecting on the vagal nerve. And for those listening, there's this wonderful book called Anchored that a friend um, uh, recommended to me. And it sounds so strange, but it's a book about the nervous system and the vagal nerve, specifically um, if you have a hyperactive nervous system like I do, the vasal vagal syndrome, which means that your nervous system is easily... um, agitated, shall we say, you know, how attachment is tied to your nervous system, how your emotions are tied to your nervous network. Um, You already know all of these things, so I don't need to repeat this back to you. But for someone like me who has ADHD, who experiences a lot of mental interruptions all the time, it's very helpful for me to be thinking about my nervous system more consciously. Right. That's that's beautiful. Honestly, that it, I wish everyone just understood what you just said, and hopefully you go back 15 seconds and go back and listen to it over and over again. Um, I look at it now as it's a way to harness your energy and use it for your uh, preference, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, let's just look at like, uh, kinetic energy, for example. Uh, so our bodies are like these antennas that attract energy. I mean, we have electricity in our heart and our brain. Physically, we do. Uh, We even have a little bit of uh, neurons in our adrenals. So the nervous system is just a highway of information that's basically causing our every action and reaction because it takes everything back in. So the vagal response is that a flight-or-fight response is sympathetic, and it causes your body to be on this on switch to sympathetic mode. If you're on the opposite switch part of the switch then you're in the parasympathetic mode which is very calming and most people do not live in this mode unless you're like a monk or you're meditating for two hours you're not able to get it but imagine the meditation part is where you can tap into that for just a split second so i'm going to show you how how easy it is to do it so when you sit still you're able to do it you're able to down regulate your nervous system when you're able to sit still and you can almost measure how much your nervous system is over activated in that flight or fight mode by how many minutes you can sit still so i ask people to say look meditation you've said it perfectly it's focusing on one thought it's not tuning out all these other thoughts you can't do that there's no way you can turn out the ten thousand voices in your head it's just like i'm going to focus on one thought for one second yeah well and it's or like catching yourself not thinking about that one thought and like but catching and then redirecting it and then redirecting it and like redirecting it. But catching it, it means you're already accomplishing <laughs> it, right? So yeah. the start of it is to say, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to think about one thing, right? And then you think about one thing. Now, what's really cool about it is when you think about that one thing, 
your focus becomes your energy, right? And whatever you give your energy is your focus. Like we know that, right? What does disclosure say? Where your, Where your focus goes, your energy flows, your energy right? Flows, so yeah. what will happen <laughs> is this. His root chakra that he was talking about doing actually occurs when you're sitting down. Most people don't even sit down on the ground ever. And when you sit on your root chakra, the true connection is to the earth, to where you're supposed to recalibrate your energy at your root mm -hmm. core, which is your root chakra. So when you sit still with your legs crossed, do it on the ground if you can, but essentially sit still and sit with your eyes closed for a second and feel your butt touching the ground. And just think, is it in pain? Is it numb? Is both the left and right cheek touching equally? Is my back tight? Huh? Am I wearing pants or shorts? Right? And all of a sudden right now we're meditating. We're off. Right? And that's how it starts. And then you just think like, gosh, are these, are these, how long have these jeans been on me? Like, have I had these jeans for seven years now? Or like, do I need to get new jeans? Like, and that's really, that's meditation, right? I mean, that's one form of it. Now, the advanced. My affirmations are. Meditation. Right. So like the affirmations will be like, well, probably you have been telling yourself too. It's like, I'm incredible. I'm amazing. I, I am, I am able, I am capable. Right. You will say like, uh, you're the captain. We would do. I am the master of my thoughts. Right. And so that, and then I kind of clarify that with myself, which just like means that I, that I get to choose which ones I give energy to because I am the captain of my right. energy. And so, because of that, I can mm. create anything I set my heart to. And uh, in all of this, it's a state of being, not doing. Yeah. That's exactly it. Correct. Right? And I think for those listening, as you dream, as you think about your dreams, what you want, what you want to see, you know, come into um, reality in your life, the biggest lesson I've learned this year is in a state of meditative gratitude and intention setting and just being you have to trust that things will come to you. Yep. And that is the hardest lesson for someone like me who is a doer. <laughs> I can just will yeah. myself into producing this book. I can just will myself into finding a job. I can will myself into finding clients. And you know what? More often than not this year, it is as I have just been in a state of being that the best things have come to me. Right. I was at a wedding yeah. when I met my publisher. I had let go. I had truly, yep. I had truly let yeah. go. I had said, you know what? If it comes, let it. If it goes, let it. What is, you know, when am I supposed to produce my book? God knows. The universe knows. I'm, I'm just going to be. Right. And it was in that conversation at a friend's wedding that I met my publisher. Yep. Right. And then it's yep. like, okay, I'm starting my own business. Who are my clients going to be? I don't know. Right? You put out yeah. a little bit of feelers. You put out to the universe what you hope to receive back. But also, it was in the summertime that I was just living my life. Again, quote, serving others. I went to my cousin's wedding. And in that time of being away, I was in San Miguel, Mexico, the most beautiful city ever, that I'm standing there talking to my second cousin's husband. Right. And as a result of that conversation and that relationship, I now have one of my biggest clients. So I think my encouragement to people is don't, you know, you hear that phrase, don't force it. Well, actually, the, the question really is, am I willing, am I willing to be open to receiving 
what comes to me in that state of meditation, in that state of yeah. being. It may not look what, like what you thought. The provision for how your dream is going to come true may not look like, you know, what you thought. I think if we look at our partners in life or our spouses, we would probably say like, oh my gosh, I never expected to marry someone like this. Yeah. Or if you're single and you're thinking about the type of partner you want, like, are you holding your hands loosely? Are you having open hands towards whoever might come into your life? You know, I, that's the that's the hardest part is trusting that the things that are going to come to you may not look like what you thought. Yeah. Well, I think that the best things never kind of look like what you thought because if you were thinking it, then it hasn't happened and it hasn't happened for you then you're only thinking about the things that haven't happened because you haven't imagined the things that do right. work, right? Like it's not in your, and so you have to allow, I think, because then that's, that's why I say, I always liked surprise, like, you know, um, with, uh, Dr. Dispenza, right? Like Joe Dispenza, he talks about like the, 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 um, what's it called? Like the, the surprise has never, has never disappointed mm. me, right? Like the idea that like, like, yeah, I want to set an intention of what I want, how I want to feel about like a certain mm -hmm. thing, about my job, about my relationship, mm -hmm. about my, about the money I have in my bank. But I'm not here to dictate how it is because if it goes my way, then it's not going to happen because I only know what I know. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, how can I, how could it, if it was going to be that way, then of course it's not going to work because I only know how it doesn't right. work. Yeah. That's interesting. So, like, when it comes to fate, what is fate in your mind? I don't, that, I don't. I don't know. I don't. Know, I don't, know, I don't, I don't is know, fate manifestation? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it it all exists. It all exists. I think, I, I, I think Someone's it purposely exists. making it for you, or what? Is that how you see it? That's real yeah. deep, right there. No. Yeah. I I just think I just think that it's it's all it's all possible. There's only possibility. Well, you're saying like the manifestation part. Uh, that's really where like the will part, right? So. Like to will something is to is to be present, to basically want it to happen, right? Mm -hmm. So like we ask for people if like let's imagine someone is diabetic. Right? And they're like they show up here and they say, I don't want to be a diabetic anymore. That would be the best client you could ever ask for, right? Because they're like, I wanna do this. And I'm like, That's perfect. You did the hard part. I'll we'll do the rest for you. We'll tell you exactly what to do. But to manifest it is was basically we will say is the first thing you got to do is visualize how you will feel when you're finally not a diabetic. What will you be able to accomplish? What will you feel like? What will you, what will you be doing at that moment? Mm, would you think the most people even think about that? I hope I hope so. Or but they I don't, don't. I don't know. They don't yeah, though. No. Right? And so the willpower of it is saying, I want it to happen. Like I want it I don't know what it's like. I want it to happen so bad and say, Okay, cool. It's going to happen. The magic of manifestation and willpower is that the willpower is going to get you to want to feel it so bad to where something goes on and you maybe mm -hmm. feel it and then that's your carrot on a string right in front of you. It carries you to the finish line. Right. And the next thing you know, when you get to the finish line the surprise is is like Shh, yeah. I've been here before. Yeah, and I think some so many times Called deja vu. tap into into that feeling like it's almost like whoa I'm already there I don't what am I what else am I but searching but here's for, the thing right? when like, you're there and you sense that even for a brief moment you get to experience your goal your dream what it's mm -hmm. like to accomplish it 
it becomes real. It becomes a reality then. That's the thing. Now, then you said like, okay, what was it like to write a book? You went through your head. I know you did. And say like, all right, I'm going to write it. That's the easy part, right? And then I'm going to like put my thoughts on paper. Well, what do I want to write about? Oh my gosh. Then you start reading it. And you're like, mm, I don't know if this is how I want to go. And you did it again and you did it again. You know, it's funny. I think subconsciously I was writing my book for many years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't actually, you know, I said earlier, oh, 2017, I wrote the table of contents. I don't actually, I, you know, it's funny. I remember having a conversation with a close friend and I said, I'm going to write a book someday. And she laughed and, you know, she's my, she's the yin to my yang, right? And she's, she's the voice of reason in my head. And she goes, you will, but you're not ready yet. You haven't lived enough life. You, you know, it was kind of like I needed to marinate a little bit longer. And I knew she was right. And I kind of laughed. I was like, yeah, you're right. And over the next, whatever, eight years, I moved to Korea. I got my master's. I was, heart, you know, you go through heartbreak. I dated people. I experienced loss. I experienced joy, right? You go through these motions. But I, I think that that's why it's so important to pay attention to what you are thinking, feeling, what your dreams really are. You know, I like, there's a, there's a chapter in my book called, It Was Just a Dream. And I use that phrase, oh, it was just a dream. When you wake up from a bad dream, you say, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that was just a dream. If you wake up from a really good dream, you're like, uh, I really want to go back and dream that. I mean, I know it was just a dream, but it was so good, right? Like whatever, you, you win the lottery. Yeah. And so I use that as sort of a barometer of like, okay, it wasn't just a dream. It was your dream and it matters. And so whatever you are dreaming physically at night in the subconscious subconscious and whatever you are dreaming in your actual life I think the power of manifestation and setting that intention and making that beeline and focus towards your dream um, it does take a little bit of stubborn resilience and stubborn resolve but you have to be flexible of the journey you know you're going to get there I knew I was going to finish my half Ironman I knew I was going to write my book. I know that I will find a partner and get married someday. But in all of those things, you can't prescriptively, you know, sequentially set out exactly what's going to happen in every single chapter, at every single paragraph, at every single turn. And so, you know, a lot of my life has just honestly been unwinding. <laughs> That's the fun part. Right, because then if you do expect the same thing, then it gets mundane, right? Then it's like you show yeah. up. Or if you know the end of the movie, why watch it, right? Yeah, that's why I asked. What you. movie have you watched lately? <laughs> what movie have I watched lately? I don't know. I haven't watched many movies. I haven't. He's been climbing movies. too many mountains. I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to watching the new Avatar movie. Nice. And, uh, yeah. Wait, I thought they're just releasing it back on the screen. Well, no, but there's because there's oh, a second part course, coming out, of course, yeah. Yeah. like ten years yeah. later, which is great. But we um, think it's good, yeah. So, well, yeah. thank you for coming on. Uh, let me tell you what's in your drink before we go, real quick. Oh, great! I love this. So, um, <laughs> anyone that comes on the the show either has an opportunity to get a vitamin IV or a vitamin drink. Uh, and you got a vitamin drink. So, the vitamin drink that you have is a combination of three of our supplements. One of them is Boost, which is caffeine-free, and we gave you two scoops of this, and it's a multivitamin full of uh, methylated B vitamins, there's vitamin D in it, there's K, all your essentials, right? 
And then we stacked it with some really good magnesium that makes dopamine, which helps you stay focused and motivated, which is great. And it's lemon-lime, so there's a little bit of kick there. And then we added this scoop called gut, which is L-glutamine. L-glutamine is great for your digestive tissue. And for people that have digestive issues, it can really help their system. And a lot of people take it with two scoops and just water first thing in the morning before they eat anything, and it helps them go to the bathroom, literally. But the combination of that drink right there, what do we call this? The swag. Well, actually, chills with the swag, right? I didn't put a chill in there. Okay. But this combination right here is what's... This is a B12 Rita. This is like a, yeah, B12 Rita. And what this will do is, like, this is a way to take your vitamins in the morning, and then you don't have to worry about taking a bunch of pills, and then, of course, it tastes pretty good, so... Well, I love this because I hate swallowing pills. Yeah. So... And I love that it's blood orange because this is my favorite color. There you go. Perfect. Nice. So, so I'll tell awesome. you this right now. On the side note, in in the future, it can be like a mocktail for you then. Nice. So mm-hmm. whatever you choose to put with it, you know, it will probably help you in the long run, you know, kind of pre-tox you. Okay. So I can just add my tequila to this? I mean, like I said, <laughs> you'll feel better the next day. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. true. Where can people find you? Uh, where can they find your book? What, where can they look sure. for you? So if you mm-hmm. visit emilyjjansen.com, there's a J between the Emily and the Jansen. My middle name is Jacob. emilyjjansen.com, you'll find resources that go with each chapter. There's a 40-chapter-by-chapter guide with prompt questions that you can follow. Um, and then I'm on Instagram, and the book handle is A Wilder Eden. And I'm on Amazon via paperback um, and Kindle. And then my Audible comes out in a month. So you'll find me hopefully on Spotify by November. And, you know, I always welcome the opportunity to, to chat with people if they want a signed copy of the book. And in that case, I will mail it to you, snail mail. Nice. Yeah. And then um, I assume on your website you can also find like any other events that you're hosting yep. and yep. stuff like I, that? Yep, um, I have a couple events coming up um, and always am game to come into events to speak or just collaborate or be on a panel. Yeah. And um, I always love just talking to people one-on-one. And my business services are on that page as well. Sweet. Well, maybe during the festival, you can do a little meet and greet as well, too. It's kind of like a side thing that we can do as well. I would um, be happy to serve. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And that's, uh, yeah, guys. Well, thank you guys so much for listening in. We will see you guys soon, hopefully at the festival. That's December 2nd through the 4th, 2022. If uh, you're hearing this after that date, there's going to be a fourth edition. And that's always on the first full weekend of December. So glad to uh, have you guys as uh, listeners and, and the viewers and thank you Emily for your uh, uh, for coming in and then uh, hopefully we can uh, continue to collaborate thank so you many so more, much so many more I really times. appreciate it All right.